some breaking news to get to here as we kick off second down here on this Wednesday. Going to preview the SEC championship game. But as we get started here, uh, the news has circulated after he announced it on his Twitter. Sean Quinn has stepped down as the head football coach at Savannah State following a really successful three years. Really, it was two seasons, uh, but three years there of Coach Quinn. So stepping down and a lot of reports out there that Sean is going to take over or a, I guess, join, not take over, join Brent Price's staff up at Virginia Tech. Uh, the two coached together back in 2010. PJ, look flustered. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? I'm just man. man he's just done such a good job. No, no, you know, no, no, I'm no, disappointed. No, no, that's not what I ask you. <laughs> What's wrong? Uh, <laughs> PJ just like is, is just over there. It looks like you look like your parent when they're late for something. Well, it, well, there's there's half that, but I'm late for something for for a reason. Now I'm just I'm I'm disappointed in in whatever happened. Um, so that that's the other parent what? Okay, no, parent stop, emotion stop, stop you probably see over here. What's wrong? Uh, so. If you're watching on the stream, obviously you can't see me. That's that's because the the laptop that I normally use is dead, and you don't the, know where the charger is. I've been looking for the charger for the past five <laughs> minutes, and it wasn't where I left it plugged in, uh, where where it would you know properly charge the the laptop. It also wasn't in the crate that it normally goes in when you put things away, right? Instead, it was thrown off to the side on the floor of the studio in, in, back in the corner. So, I just. I was I was looking around. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna. Uh, it's it's funny that you just saw that and, and brought it to light. Cause like, I was like, you know, what? I'm just gonna do it without the laptop. And then I'm like, this chair is kind of annoying. So I moved the chair. And what's underneath the chair? The laptop charger. So, just kind of that. Oh, you that, found it. Yeah, yeah. That's okay, what I'm saying. Good. It's it's over here, just laying over here for no reason. I'm like, what? Why is it? Why is it over here? So it's kind kind of like, I I have no idea what it feels like to have have kids obviously or anything like that but i i feel like okay let's just uh, hold on are you okay now though yeah we're we good well i mean yeah now that i know where everything is i still don't know right, why well, it was over there and who moved it but okay so it that, is what that it was is. just startling because pj looked like he had like <laughs> anger in his eyes uh but going back to it our good friend <laughs> coach quinn it appears he is on to bigger and better things uh, in his coaching future there again Highly successful football coach took over uh, as the interim back in 2018. Was announced as the head coach in March of 2019, uh, and then won seven games in his inaugural season. Then obviously COVID hit, and we all know uh, canceled the season. The SEAC they were able to scrape together, I believe, three games. One of them got canceled, and then he went one and one uh, in the games that they were able to play. But outside of that, comes back this year, wins eight games, and was in the conversation as a playoff team. So. Unbelievable job by Sean Quinn and that entire staff. I will say this: I don't know how much influence, if any, I have. Like, if, if I have one iota of influence, I would say the head coach for Savannah State is already on the staff, and I think there's two of them: uh, Tommy Tommy Sims, the defensive coordinator, uh, and Russell Demasi, the offensive coordinator. If they choose either one of those guys, or hell, make them co-head coaches, whatever you want to <laughs> do. Right. Uh, but I, I don't think you have to look very far for your next head coach at Savannah State. But that being said. Uh, Sean Quinn has stepped down. He announced it on his Twitter this morning. But I do want to play. Uh, we have, a few of us got together with him on a Zoom call uh, this morning, and there's one clip in particular that I pretty, think pretty much sums up uh, what he meant to Savannah State and sums up his tenure as the Tigers head coach. Again, this is from a little bit earlier in a conversation with local media on Zoom. 
all joking aside, is this was the worst football program in America at any level. I, I can say that unequivocally when we got here. And, you know, last night there was an interesting thing that happened. I, as a football coach, my daughter had a birthday a month and a half ago, and I still hadn't got her a present. And I got done recruiting up just past Cooler, so I stopped in Tanger Outlets, and I walk in the Nike outlet. And in the front door, I open the door, and there's a Savannah State section. And I'll be honest with you, I started bawling because I'm like, this would have never happened a couple years ago. And so that to me is, is success, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, seeing the things people having pride and people stopping in town and people giving a rip, um, that's pretty cool. All joking aside is this was the worst football program in America. Try to let that play twice. But, again, you get what he's saying there. When he took it over, it was not in a good spot. And where he left it, it's unbelievable. And they're competing for a playoff spot. They're winning a ton of games in the CX. So, again, the news today, Sean Quinn has stepped down as the head football coach at Savannah State. Uh, we'll hear more from him coming up. But I want to take a quick break. I want to come back. I want to dive into the SEC championship game. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of taste of what we have coming up for the rest of the week. Again, of course, we will have that in Savannah for you coming up on Saturday. But I want to dive into some of the previews, some of the key matchups I think we will see in this game. If Georgia's going to pull it off, Here's how they're going to do it. We'll dive into it next right here on Second Down. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko and Cam Urshery here on this Wednesday afternoon. All right, so just initial thoughts as we head towards Saturday. I'm curious where you guys are at right now because I think my prediction, at least as of right now, is going to surprise some people. Curious where you guys are at right now. I, uh... No, no, it's 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 hard to look at it because you look at the talent that Alabama has offensively, and just just pure talent, right? And obviously the defense that Georgia brings to the table. I, that's kind of where it starts for me. Is I, I can't wait to see that matchup. But at the same time, Alabama hasn't looked you know like they have that talent, but they haven't looked incredible offensively every single game. Right, Bryce Young's insane. He's he's the leader in the Heisman race, anything, everything like that. And I think he's had some incredible moments over the past few weeks as well, being able to play well in at the right time. Um, but can that be consistent enough, especially with the play calling, which kind of opened my eyes a few weeks ago. I'm not going to lie. I started paying a little bit more attention about the play calling situationally with, with Alabama and started seeing what you were saying with Bill O'Brien and whatnot and kind of what's happening with that offense. And I'm just not sure, you know, I'm just not sure if if Alabama can consistently compete throughout the game with that Georgia defense because you got to score on them somehow. And that's the other side of it. Why I talk about Alabama's offense first is because their defense isn't incredible. It's not this Alabama defense of, of old that that's, you know, only allowing eight to ten points per game throughout the whole year, and and you know not allowing not allowing points and having turnovers and things like that. There's issues here and there with with that defense, and certainly can can score some points against them and gain some yards, especially with the big plays that that Georgia is is you know able to produce not only in the run game, but people 
You know, don't you're get doing it again. People don't give. Well, no, you're doing it again. People don't give the the credit. I I, I asked you. I was like, what what are you feeling? I don't. I don't Where know. Are you I don't at? know. That's kind of. That's not, I'm just. I, to me, that's the question. I'm describing kind of where I no, where I see everything. Filibustering. This is some lawyer and some congressman stuff right here. I see this as I, PJ. Who's going to win on Saturday? Go. Okay. See, I mean, it's it's what it's Wednesday. Yeah, and you're that, asking that's me who's going to win. That's literally what I ask you. Was yeah, yeah, on but a Wednesday. That's why I'm like, I'm not going to give up my pick because I'll I'll give I up said, the pick well, on you Friday, can change right? Your pick. You could change your pick until noon on Saturday. Hell, I'll let you change your pick at four o'clock on Saturday. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. Where right. are you at on on Wednesday? Right now, where are you at? I think this is going to be close till the third quarter. George is going to pull away, probably win by 20. Win by 20? Wow. McLean Baxley came on yesterday from the Athens Banner Herald and said they should win by 25. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't I don't know. It's hard to say. It's so That's the thing. That's what Alabama has built, right? It's so difficult to well, just that, be like, yeah, they should. That's where you're at, right? Was you're like, is, are you making that prediction based off of the fact that you're watching the game this year, or are you making that prediction off the fact that it's Alabama and that's what they do? Well, no. See, I, I think they have proven, and and with the again with the talent they have and the plays they can make, they're able to make. They don't always make them. That's the thing. Great teams make plays like that consistently and and use that talent to do that every game but in the, and out. The point I'm making is, are we picking this based off of 2021 Alabama or are we picking this off of their Alabama? I would, if, I, if I was just picking this based on their Alabama, I would never have them losing by 20. That, that's my thing. Okay. But based on what I've seen think, from them this lot, year, I think, I think like the talent's going to keep it close for a little bit, but, but Georgia's just a, a better team and, and consistently – a better team throughout the game. So I think that's how it's going to go. It's going to start out. You're going to see that raw talent make its place here and there for Alabama. But Georgia, in that full team, top-to-bottom team depth, executing well, is going to pull away in the second half. All right, so here's where I'm at with this. This is, from a Georgia perspective, if they're going to win this football game, here are some of the keys for me. The, the pivot, I like it. Yeah, just a little seat change here. Yeah, no uh, problem. Here's some of the keys for me. Number one, Will Anderson. Yeah, he's number thirty-one, but he should be number one on any sort of decision you're trying to make. Number one, dude has thirteen sacks on the season, twenty-five and a half tackles for a loss. Yeah, he's a problem. Absolutely. You ha- he has to be the first guy you identify every single time you come out if you're Todd Munkin and Stetson Bennett. Right, I don't care what you're trying to do on offense. That has to be the first guy you're looking at. 13 sacks, 25 and a half tackles for loss. He could potentially be on redshirt freshman Broderick Jones mm. for a majority of the game. We still don't know whether or not Jamari Sawyer is going to play in this game. If he can come back, I think that's a really big deal because I'd much rather have him working on Will Anderson. But potentially you could have a redshirt freshman and Broderick Jones. And I'll say this, Will Anderson's only a sophomore. So it would be sophomore technically on sophomore, but still one sophomore uh, has kind of had to plug and play because the other guy got hurt. The other sophomore is an All-American, maybe Defensive Player of the Year. So Will Anderson, to me, number one, you have to identify. You have to chip with your running backs. Uh, you use all those three tight end sets, maybe leave an extra tight end in there when you're trying to throw the football because Will Anderson can wreck this game yeah. in a quick hurry. Uh, number two for me, Stetson Bennett. I'm going to use a Joe Dirt line for Stetson. <laughs> Keep on 
keep it on. There you go. Don't try to play outside of yourself. Now, I do want to say this. It doesn't mean Stetson Bennett's – I want him to be a game manager because I don't think he's a game manager. I, I think he's a really good quarterback. I think if you refer to him as a game manager, you're not paying attention to some of the throws he's made. Yeah. Right? He's, to me, I'd say Bryce Young, Matt Corral, and Will Rogers are the only better quarterbacks in the SEC than him. Yeah. Right? So I don't think game manager is fair, right. but I, right. I do say this. More so than that is what people don't realize is watching Stetson, a lot of times he'll get the polar opposite of game manager where he's throwing he's throwing passes into coverage and you're like putting your your hands on your head <laughs> saying, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, you, we, we can't do that. Right. I think that's the biggest key in this game is don't let yourself feel like you need to expand what you've been doing because 14 of 20 for 244 yards and four touchdowns will work. Mm-hmm. Right? That would be – Unbelievable, maybe put yourself in the Heisman conversation kind of performance against Alabama, right? If he can come out and perform like he didn't against Tech, now I get it, it's complete, two completely different things, but same mindset, right? Yeah. Hit your shots when they're there. Don't force it into a bad coverage, right? And just do your thing. Be what you have been in 2021. Don't let yourself do what you did in the second half against Alabama last year where you start trying to force because you feel like you have to keep up with Mac Jones and Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddell and Najee Harris. You feel like you have to keep up with all those dudes. Don't let yourself feel that way because a lot of times with this defense, punting is winning. If you get the ball on your 20, you go three and out at the 27, you send Jake Kamara out there who's one of the better punters in the country, he bangs a 50-yarder, and then your defense has them inside their own 30, that I think is it's a win. Huge. Right? Yeah. Versus you throw an interception at the fifty and all of a sudden they're in plus territory. <laughs> right? You just you right. can't do that. So that and then I'd say this, no pre snap penalties. And Georgia's been really good at this this season. There haven't been a ton of procedure penalties, a ton of alignment penalties. You can't be in first and fifteen against Will Anderson. Mm-hmm. Right? You can't let that happen. So again, don't try to force things. Punting's a win. Hit your open shots and no pre snap penalties. I think maybe the biggest position group is going to be the running backs. And Alabama's been outrushed twice this season. Can you guess which two teams off the top of your head? Uh, off the top of my head, probably not. Um, maybe Auburn? Was Auburn one? No, no uh, that know. one was actually like an atrocious performance from both teams. Yeah. I think Alabama had 70 and Auburn had like 60. Uh, but no. They got outrushed by a ton by Florida, 246 to 91. Yeah. Uh, right. And that game came down to a missed extra point, which then it turned into a missed two point conversion for Florida. Uh, but no, the other one was they got outrushed by 103 yards against LSU. Mm. LSU outrushed them 109 to six. Yeah. I think if you can come out and you can establish a run game against Florida and it's, or against uh, Alabama, excuse me, it doesn't have to be eight, nine yards at a time. If it's first down and you're Todd Munkin and you can pick up four yards, that's a win. Then you get into second and six, you can get some of your big play action shot plays, you can run the football again, you can stay on offense, keep Bryce Young off the field. I think for the running backs, if you can pick up four or five yards at a time, that's huge. But I think even more important than that, I think these running backs and pass protection have to be awesome. Right. And I think that's why, like, yeah, Kenny McIntosh has been really good a lot of people are really excited about Kendall Milton. And James Cook has been, I would say, Georgia's best running back this year. I think it has to be the Zamir White show. 
mm-hmm. on Saturday. I, him and pass pro, and then just getting those tough yards against that Alabama defense and just yeah. kind of wearing them down. Now, there's going to be a rotation like there always is. You're going to see James Cook, and you're going to see Zeus White. Do I think it gets a little bit like you maybe only see two or three carries for uh, Kenny McIntosh? Probably, because I think that bench is going to get a lot shorter on Saturday. But yeah. I, I think the running backs have to be perfect. And finally, defensively, we know about the front seven. Mm-hmm. We know about the linebackers. We know about Jordan Davis. We know about Trevon Walker and Devontae Wyatt. This is going to be the biggest challenge the secondary's faced. And if we remember back to the beginning of the year, that was the biggest question mark everybody had about this team was, what can this secondary do? Yeah. And Darion Kendrick is an excellent football player, and he's been an amazing transfer. Keely Ringo is a real deal. Like, future first-round pick, freshman All-American. Him and Brock Bowers were both freshman All-Americans. But Keely Ringo is the real deal. He is a, a mutant out there playing <laughs> corner. But they haven't been they haven't played John Mechie and Jamison Williams yet. No. Right? Yeah. They haven't played the SEC's leading receiver. And then the guy who I think in John Mechie is the best receiver in the SEC, you haven't played anything like that yet. Maybe the, the best one you've played so far is Traylon Burks from Arkansas, and you shut him down. I think he had like 16 total yards in that game. That being said, they don't have another guy on the other side. And we saw that in the Iron Bowl is when Jamison Williams went out for targeting, then all of a sudden Auburn could bracket John Mechie. Mm -hmm. And they're like, listen, if Slade Bolden and Jaleel Billingsley beat us, fine. We're not going to let John Mechie cook us. You can't do that when both of them are on the field. So the fact that Georgia's been able to get consistent pressure with four, because Auburn was sitting in the house against Alabama. Georgia's been able to get pressure with four. And whoever plays right tackle for Alabama, they're in for a long day. Because they had a rough day against Auburn. What's going to happen when they're playing Georgia? They're in for a long day. Yeah. Evan Neal is a dude at left tackle. Like, top ten pick. But the rest of the offensive line has been very sketchy. Alabama had to substitute their center and their right tackle in the Iron Bowl. Not because they got hurt, but because yeah. they were just getting whooped up front. Yeah. yeah, so it, it's going to come down to getting pressure with four. But then, what's always been the bugaboo for Georgia against Alabama Blown coverages. Mm. If you can consistently get pressure with four and you can drop the rest of your defense back into coverage, you have to avoid the Amari Cooper in 2012, obviously the Devonta Smith in 2017. Uh, was it Jalen Waddle or Henry Ruggs? Waddle. Yeah, Waddle in 2018 where he caught that crossing route and there was nobody within 10 yards of him, and then he just turned it upfield and outran Richard LeCount and J.R. Reed. Yeah. Like you just you have to avoid those busted coverages, but I think getting pressure with four will help out. And also, Kirby Smart said they've kind of not necessarily simplified the defense, but gone to more zone. They've upped it by about 15 20% of the time they're in zone more than they were in the past. It's about 70% of the time they're in zone coverage. So that just kind of allows you to drop in and fill it out, and it's less pre-snap communication. Right. right, you're not having to yell at each other about who has who, especially when Alabama goes into bunch formations or they go uh, and start switching guys back and forth. So, again, no blown coverages. Biggest challenge so far for Keely Ringo and Darian Kendrick. How do they answer? And then finally, here, staying in your lanes on a pass rush. Georgia's been really good at this this year. Well, you just go back and watch the Clemson game, and they gave a clinic on it. Right, you want to be aggressive with Bryce Young, but you also need to keep him inside the pocket because when he gets outside the pocket, he's just as accurate, if not more so, and definitely more deadly yeah. when he gets outside the pocket. So keep him inside the pocket and then collapse it on him. And if you can do that, I think maybe spy with Channing Tindall, something like that, because that dude, nobody's going to outrun him. Mm-hmm. Like Bryce Young's fast. He ain't Channing Tindall fast. <laughs> right. And so I think, I think those are the, the things I'm watching out for. You have breakdowns in the secondary. I think any one of those would be deadly for Georgia 
on Saturday, I think any combination of those could potentially be unovercomable. Yeah. So that's that's where I'm at right now. If I had to say who's going to win on Saturday, I I take Alabama by three right now. Really? Yeah. I think Alabama's playing for their life. Yeah. Georgia knows they're in. And that doesn't mean they're going to give any less of an effort. No. But you are going to get a back against the wall. Alabama, which is horrifying yeah. for anyone. And yeah. so all week at practice, Nick Saban's telling them, you lose, you're done. But he's also telling them, these guys can't beat us. They've never beaten us before. Mm-hmm. Got to go back to 2007, where Matt Stafford was back slinging it around right. against John Parker Wilson. <laughs> That's how far back you have to go the last time Georgia beat Alabama. And also, and you guys correct me if that's wrong. I know we got to go to break here, but correct me if I'm wrong. Cam, I'll give you some research here uh, during the thing. I believe this is the first time Alabama hasn't been favored since 2015 when they went to Al- Athens and just stole Georgia's soul. Right. So it, this is, you are going to get the nasty, mean, vintage version of Alabama on Saturday. Does it mean they're going to win? Could it not be enough because Georgia's just that good? Certainly. But right now, I take Alabama by three. We've got to take a quick break here. We'll come back with more right here on Second Down. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside Cam Urshery and PJ Zuko. Got so much more to dive into here. Cam back with us now. You're listening, I know. Yeah. PJ gave his prediction. He thinks Georgia's going to pull away at the end. I gave you my prediction. I think Alabama's going to win by three, at least as of right now. Where are you at with this? As we sit here on a Wednesday afternoon, I don't, I don't really want to do this today, but obviously I have to. <laughs> um, I really didn't because yes, I am making you. Yes, I'm, I'm nervous. I, I would take Georgia by three. Um, something ha- like I said about Michigan, and Ohio State, something's got to give, man. I don't think it does. Something's got to give. Like, it, there's nowhere in the laws written that something has to give. Something's got to give, man, isn't and maybe like a, isn't that a cheesy '90s movie? What something's got to give? I think so. Probably. I might, I might look it up, but there's, I mean, there's a lot of cheesy '90 movies with names are, like that. Are they all cheesy. I will yes. put it like this: when you seen, you know, a couple of years back, LSU beat Alabama in the regular season. That kind of, I wouldn't say the playoffs was easy for them, but they kind of basically ran through the playoffs. If Georgia wins this, I kind of predict the same thing. This is your national championship to me. I, I cannot lie. This is your national championship right here. You win this, who do you play? Michigan, Oklahoma State, and Cincinnati? I know I don't like looking ahead. I've never been one, but let's be honest. Yeah, you literally do it every week. I, I kind of do, <laughs> but let's be honest. Those two, te- those three teams that I just named, I just I don't think they're on the same level as Georgia. Yeah, I don't so look you ahead. beat Alabama. This is your this is your national championship. This is the stepping stone. Like, okay, can we beat them? Talking about this game all year, and you're talking about I don't want to look ahead. <sighs> I, you know how I am. We need to win this, man. I need to get this monkey off my back. And I'm not even a, a football player at Georgia, but being a fan my entire life, I need to get this monkey off my back in a, a sigh of relief like we finally beat Alabama, finally beat them. And it needs to happen Saturday, not in the playoffs. Let's get them out the way right here, right now, and we don't even have to worry about them being in the playoffs. Oh, God, how, would the, how big would the mental block be? If Georgia loses this game on Saturday, it's, it's you know, huge. Alabama's back out there. How big is that mental block? Is you like this is yeah. your best team in forty years? Yeah, and you lose to Alabama with that, right? I mean, man, on a down year for Bama, 
it's kind of a down. I mean, to say oh, yeah, it's I mean, crazy. It's a down year, though. Three team in the country, and you're calling it a down year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Well, that's that's Alabama for you, right? But th- at the same time, it's hard to beat a team twice in the same year. And, yeah. you know, it, you come back possibly in the playoffs, most likely in the national mm-hmm. championship game, probably a rematch. So, I, I don't know. That would be tough, obviously, to, to get this far, losing the national championship game if you're Georgia. But I think if you do, you see him right back again in the national championship game, and and good luck. If it, if this truly is the best Georgia team in the past forty years, which I think it is, good luck beating them twice in the matter of a month. You, you know, even if you're them, Alabama, you gotta just beat them one time, so, man. Yeah. You gotta beat them one time, and I think that time is you take care of them now. And I don't like to just say it's smooth selling, but. I'm sorry, it's smooth selling. I like, I like the it really is. We got going over here for Cam. He's because like, right. like, this, this we is the year. Okay, yeah. I think you can agree with me. If you don't win this year, when will you ever win? That's the question. Uh, I mean, I will say this. I'm there, like, there's a there's a whole <laughs> lot of people out there, especially in the national media, that are kind of saying this is a must win year for Kirby Smart. If you, you looked at Georgia's recruiting classes, I think more so than anything, this is a year where you're finally seeing the recruiting classes stack. You're finally seeing his full vision for the program come to fruition. I think it's more that than anything, mm-hmm. right? Because you look at next year, potentially Stetson Bennett's back. I don't know how the quarterback room is going to shake out, but whoever you have, it's going to be one of Stetson Bennett, JT Daniels, Brock Vandegrift, Gunnar Stockton, uh, Carson Beck. You have three to four underclassmen who have played significant snaps for you on the offensive line. Probably going to lose Amir White and Kenny McIntosh, or not Kenny McIntosh, uh, and James Cook, but you still have Kenny McIntosh, you still have Kendall Milton, and you're bringing in more running backs. You have all of those young tight ends. You have all the young wide receivers, and potentially I'd watch out for a marquee name on the transfer market uh, at wide receiver as well for Georgia. And then defensively, yeah, you lose Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean, potentially Lewisine and Darian Kendrick, but outside of that, you have a whole lot of folks coming back. So, like, I, I don't think this is a quote-unquote must-win. Do I agree with what you're saying, Cam, that everything's setting up for you very nicely? It's the best chance. Absolutely. Yeah. You have a you have a Alabama offense and defense that just don't – they're not as fluid as they have been in the past, right? It, it's always been That's a good word one or you. the other, right? They, they haven't really had a season where both units are dominant, yeah. but usually they have one unit that's so good that the other unit just has to be – Pretty good. Good enough. Carry like, yeah. I think like uh, 2014 with Jake Coker on offense, right, mm-hmm. is you just you need them every now and then to be able to just slam a bunch of points. But the flip side of that, you have a defense that's amazing, right? You have Greg McElroy winning a national championship, just handing the football off and letting that defense go out there with Marcel Darius and maul people, exactly. right? So it's just back and forth. Both of those, they just don't seem – there's something stuck in it. I need an oil change. I don't know what it is, but it's just they <laughs> haven't been able to catch their stride all year. Yeah. I don't expect that to happen more than one year in a row. Right? Next year, Bryce Young's going to be back. They're going to be really season. good. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be nasty again next year. So it's it's a great chance. And then the team that everybody said, okay, well, Georgia plays this team in the semifinals. Will they be able to keep up? Ohio State, they lose to Michigan. Mm-hmm. Right? So like Cam said, Everything's setting up for you very nicely. And you know me, I'm a Windows person, right? I believe you got to take advantage of those windows when they pre- present themselves. Like Florida last year, they let the window come crashing down on their fingers instead of jumping through it. You had a chance going into that LSU game to go in as a top-four team to the SEC Championship. If you beat Alabama, you're in the semifinals. You let the window smash down on your fingers. Less than a year later, you're firing your head coach. 
that's how quickly it can turn around. So I believe Kirby Smart's built the infrastructure to keep the window open, but at the same time to win a national championship is so dang hard, and it takes a little bit of luck. And I don't think Georgia's luck's come on the field, but I do think Georgia's luck has happened peripherally, right? It's with Ohio State losing their game, with potentially the other three teams that you could see in the playoff being Oklahoma State, Michigan, and Cincinnati. Right, this is setting up for a nice run. The two teams that scary the most were Alabama and Ohio State. Ohio State's already taken care of. You take care of Alabama, then it's. I don't like saying smooth selling, but just smooth yeah. selling again. I mean, what I'm saying is, I think this is the first. Well, not the first year, but this is the year where it's like this might be your. If you win a national championship, this is by far going to be the easiest one, in my opinion. You're not going to see. Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama miss another playoff. You're not going to see those three teams who's always made it pretty much every year miss the playoffs. You got Michigan, never been there. Yeah, Yeah. Cincinnati's never been there. Oklahoma State's never been there. Georgia's going to be the only team that's ever been there outside of those four teams. And if everything plays well, those would be those four teams. Yeah, potentially. So They all could lose. Yeah, that's that's the crazy thing about it. Notre Dame, Baylor. A month and a half from now, we're all sitting here going, of course, Alabama just won it again. The, the season yeah. where the season where we're all talking about, oh, look how wild it cry. is. Everything's everything's back and forth, and it's the whole college football's flipped on its head. And Alabama wins again. I might so need like, therapy after that. Like I might <laughs> cry, or you might not see me. Uh, you, you think I'm Cam, playing? No, you no, might no, not no, see no, me no. like this for is, a minute. No, Cam, come I'll be on upset. You have to come to work. Yeah, but I'll, no, I'll no, come. No. I'll come. Everybody, just fair one. I will come into work just a sad puppy. A really sad person because yeah. I really believe in Georgia winning it all this year. I'm just staying even keel right now until it happens. I really do think it'll happen, though. I mean, you still got a chance even if you lose to Alabama this Saturday. No, no, there's no if. <laughs> you, you, no, there's, there's no, no, you are no, 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 you're going to win. <laughs> oh. You're going to win. We're going, f- what, what is it, 15 and zero? That's what we're going to do. LSU could do it. Bama could did it. They did it last year going 13 and 0. Now it's Georgia's turn. That's how I see it. I like I'm it. sticking to it. Put it out there in the universe. Yes, I'm That's putting it. it out there. The Speak it into existence. A, the universe has not to. been a great fan of Georgia teams in the past, but maybe the Braves fought off the darkness this year. Yeah, the cleared, curse is broken. And have cleared the it's way. Broken. Only one way to find out. Coming up to you on Saturday. Uh, quick reminder, we will be at Coach's Corner in Savannah. East Victory Drive coming up tomorrow afternoon from 2 to 6 p.m. Come hang out with us as we get you ready for that SEC championship. Christian O'Kell alongside P.J. Zuko and Cam Urshry here on ESPN Radio. We'll be right back after this. This is a very apropos song for you to play there, Cam. Life has been good I for, mean, for Lincoln Riley. Yeah, oh, yeah. Old Lincoln, he's getting that money and then, you know, the L.A. sunshine. Yeah. Well, I mean, prior to that. Think about what he stepped into at Oklahoma. College ball playoff team had already been there. He gets to take over. Just getting Heisman Trophy quarterbacks coming in. Left and right. Then it just kind of kind of keeps it in neutral, right? Just kind of doesn't let anything bad happen to the program, but also doesn't overly succeed. Never really won a big game at Oklahoma. Like, like top of your mind. Top of your mind. When you think Oklahoma, you think signature win last five years. Go. Every one of them is either a, a Red River rivalry or a Big 12, Big 12 championship. That's it. Down it would just it yeah. will always be. And like name, can you like honest to God, off the top of your head, tell me like the last three teams that they beat in the Big Twelve championship? Iowa mm. State, yeah. Iowa Baylor, State. 
Did they did they beat they Texas beat, in one of those times? I think they beat Texas. Yeah, they beat Texas. Yeah, is it? Yeah. Was it? Yeah, exactly. I know it was Iowa State, Baylor, Texas. Joe Burrow beat who in the SEC championship? Oh, in the SEC championship, yeah. Georgia. Right. So it's like yeah. it's like with the teams that get the big signature wins, you usually know who they're against, right? Yeah. What was Lincoln Riley's signature win? Probably, I would say more so that Baylor one. I do remember because that was them to get into the playoffs. I think what hurts. I want to say it was hurt, so probably the Baylor one. And then Baylor what happened? You, got, you gave up seven touchdowns in a half. In a half, yeah. Mm-hmm. The so Baylor one kind of. I know Ryan or uh, Jim Harbaugh said this about Ryan Day, but kind of that board on third base. Like you, you, Ryan Day took over for Urban Meyer once he had Ohio State just up and cranking. And then Lincoln Riley takes over for Stoops when Oklahoma's Oklahoma. Like you, you should be doing what he was doing out there. So, uh, But that being said – have you seen the like incentives they've they've given him, and like how they got him out there, paying off both of his homes, <laughs> oh, in Norman, yeah. Oklahoma, because he had the old home, but you got to build a new home. Of course, paying off both of those, six million dollar house paid for in L.A. <laughs> See why you talk about, about added value? Six million dollar house paid for because we're talking about like maybe some coaches are like uh, when it comes to the money because of the taxes you have to pay in L.A. Well, so when they give you a six million dollar house. That'll work. Yeah. And then <laughs> unlimited use of a private jet. Like We thought it was a big deal around here that Kirby Smart has the Kirby Copter. Man. <laughs> Where he can just go helicopter into any stadium around the state he wants to. In his defense, though, I mean, he can't. Well, Lincoln Riley, he's just like cruising out to a high school. Like, I need you to clear out well, that, yeah, the you parking can't. lot so I can fly this G6 down in there. Right. You can't land a jet on a football field. So, True. I mean, that's... That's how you know Kirby Smart's more about recruiting. Than that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. It's it's It just means more. Man, I mean... <laughs> it do. He, he's he's got to come in there and get... I mean, well, you know what? I don't know USC standard, but I think them winning a couple of Rose Bowls is good enough for them. I, I, I Not only that, I don't think USC needed this. I think the Pac-12 needed this. Yeah, just a little, Absolutely. you know, a little flash, a little. Oof, I think I think if Mario Cristobal stays, which appears he's going to, if he stays at Oregon, and then you have Lincoln Riley, we we haven't seen him do this before, which is build a program. Yeah. So that is an so interesting. Can he? Yeah. That's an interesting hmm. dynamic. But if he can, and the Pac-12 all of a sudden has Oregon USC back mm-hmm. to where that that's at a nationally relevant level, then I think that's a really big deal. Does Slovis stay right. at USC now? I, I Why wouldn't that, that would be nice. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, do you want him? They have the kid out there named Dart, who's the five star, who's supposedly really good, who filled in when Slovis got hurt. And um, uh, does does Caleb Williams come with him? Or the, and yeah. the top uh, quarterback in the country decommitted from Oklahoma. He might go to USC now. So. That's true. And, but I mean, that being said, if you like turn around and throw a rock anywhere outside of uh, outside of USC, you're going to hit a five star quarterback. Yeah. I mean, that's where they're all from. Bryce Young's from that area, right? Right. DJU's from that area. Mm-hmm. JT. Like, yeah, I mean, their JT Daniels is from that area. Like that just that place just breeds quarterbacks. Yep. So, mm-hmm. like he is going to have no problem finding a quarterback out there. I, if I had to guess, I think Caleb Williams stays at Oklahoma. I think he kind of turned himself into a little bit of folk hero. And Spencer Rattler's gone. He's he's already in the transfer portal. Now it's just where does he go? I thought this was interesting uh, from ESPN.com. They said two of the top schools to keep an eye out for for Spencer Rattler. Yeah. You ready? One of them, Arizona State. Yeah, I saw that. Because he's from, the dude's from Arizona. Right. But I'm like, man. And the other one's SMU. I was like, 
Yeah. <laughs> Dude was like the preseason highest favorite. He has like sick Spencer Rattler. Like the was the R7 or whatever. That's his uh, brand when it, the NIL stuff came out. Yeah. yeah. Like he was ready to mm-hmm. rock on that. And you go from that to Sun Devils, baby. Devils Digest. How about that? Is Herm yeah. Edwards, uh, he's he still, still out yeah, there. Yeah, he's still out there. They have fallen off. Mm. And he has a nice quarterback out there, too. They, they do. Yeah. Jay, uh, what? Jaden Daniels, right? Yeah, Jaden um, Daniels is some. He's he's a nice quarterback. Though. You saw that was one of my biggest regrets is, is thinking they were going to be because uh, they were poised to be really really push? good for Spencer Rattler. Yeah, I hope not. What? <laughs> Why not? not? No, he's. Did you watch Oklahoma this year? I, I don't think I, that was his fault. No, I don't think it was all his fault. No, I think it was a lot of his play calling. They they were really bad when they played. Who did they lose to? Baylor. That, I mean, both quarterbacks were bad. Caleb and let's, was no, bad. but let's be honest about that Oklahoma game too. Is the touchdown to Mims that he threw? It was a great play, right? Mm-hmm. Caleb Williams steps up in the pocket, just guns one like fifty yards down the field. Yeah. Was not an advised throw, and ninety nine percent of the time falls incomplete or intercepted. Right. So like, I don't know if I blame Spencer Rattler for everything. I think somebody oh, is going to get a really good everything. quarterback, and I think he should go to a contender. Oh yeah, absolutely. I LSU mean, would be nice. Like if I'm LSU, am I not like hot and heavy on the Spencer Rattler oh, train not? right Ryan now? Kelly should be calling them why right not? now. But if he, th- that's no, the he's thing. probably calling Jack Cohn. Right. Oh lord. Or he's, or he's watching Max Johnson and Brian Kelly's like that's nah. That's what I need right there. <laughs> nah. That's what I like. Spencer Rattler to LSU that would be real nice. He's in the SEC. He could bolster up his um, draft stock this is playing so much in the fun, SEC. By the way. For all the people out there who are like, the transfer portal is going to kill college football, this is so much fun. It's like Absolutely. NBA free agency. It's fine. Well, I think there's free one that, there's like, yeah. There's one guy, too, where kind of – I would, I would almost take uh, Gabriel out of out of UCF before I'd take Riley. He's nice. I think he's proved more on the field. You know what I think is fascinating uh, is – But that's incredible. Yeah. We could see teams that this year are six, seven lost teams. We kind of saw with Michigan State. And – one of these quarterbacks that are in the portal go to them, and this time next year we're probably going to be talking about one of those teams. LSU. Yeah. In a championship game. I don't know. I think. Oh, oh, championship game. Yeah, no, well, I didn't hear that. But, see, but say, 10 wins? LSU, Absolutely. Is, are Oklahoma and Texas in the SEC next year, and are they already doing pods by then? Yeah. So right. he, hmm. well, I know they're not in the in the SEC championship game or anything, but you got to think of how much they lost, and then Tennessee just getting the right guy, right? Not only at the head coach, but also a quarterback. And all of a sudden, they're they're making bowl games and out there winning. What are they seven and five to finish off the year? Yeah, was it seven or did they get eight? They, they no, might have got seven. eight. I, seven. I thought it was seven. seven, but I mean, we're expecting them to go three and nine. So I mean, it, like you said, it can it can transfer portal. You get the right guy, especially for a contender yeah, who's missing one little five, spot. Five I mean, that's been, even before the transfer portal. You, you look at uh, Wisconsin with Russell Wilson, man. Is Josh Heupel well, the they SEC coach of the year? Oh. I know it's easy to go Kirby Smart because no, they're undefeated. If I don't think I would even pick Kirby Smart. I think it'd be pretty easy to go Lane Kiffin too. That's first what I was about t- to say. First ten win team or team in a program first regular season in program history. And they were five yeah. and six last year. But I mean, look who Tennessee lost to Pitt, who's in the ACC championship game. The Florida one still is just nuts to me. You lost to Ole Miss, who's number eight in the country right now. You lost to Alabama, who's number four in the country right now, and you lost to number one Georgia. Yeah. I mean, if you, you beat number 25, yeah. Kentucky, that's just fascinating to me. I mean, Tennessee, Josh Heupel killed it. He's coaching he the year to me. If, if you're going strictly off a, of coaching job and, and coaching with what he had, I completely, him or Shane completely agree. I'll go yeah. Lane. 
Couldn't agree more. You think Lane Kiffin did a better job coaching his team up this year with what he had than Shane Beamer or Josh Heupel? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. When I don't you, think there's many coaches in the country that would have won or gotten bowl eligibility with what South Carolina had. Five and six to ten and two. You lost to Bama, lost a bad game to Auburn, but that's about it. Yeah, I got to give it to Lane. And Matt Corral hasn't even looked like himself this year at all, at least compared to well, last year. that? Again, we'll, we'll talk about this more, and we'll preview the SEC Championship and some more coming up tomorrow. Take a look at the other championship games as well. Christian Gokel, P.J. Zuko, Cam Urshery here. Three and out. Coming up next.